As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. We're back for another episode of 1% Better. It's a big episode because it's the last one before the Colts playoff opener. Um, Is it going to be their only playoff game? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, But they're headed to Buffalo. Big game Saturday afternoon. And uh, look, I think this week has has gotten us a little more ready for this game. Um, I'm not... Zach, I'm not going to pick the Colts, but I I think literally everything is possible. <laughs> you know, like I think the range of possibilities here is literally anything. And I will tell you, I'll get into this in a minute. Like I've I've educated myself on the Bills a little bit this week. They are fantastic. Let me just be clear. But I also think there are some ways this is not a terrible matchup. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, let me just do one quick thing. Interested to hear that. I throw it. What's that? I'm interested to hear why you think it's not yeah, a terrible matchup, okay. but yeah, we'll, we'll get definitely yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, well, it is in some ways, but there are other redeeming qualities here, too. Um, injuries, let's just cover that real quick, Zach. Um, so, Kari Willis, I think it looks promising. Um, he has had that yeah, concussion. Yeah, I think he's out of the concussion protocol. Yeah, we'll get that confirmed later today, uh, hopefully, but that looks good. Uh, not so much on Rocky Asin. Not sure what his status is going to be, but he still has a chance, I guess. But I don't know that I feel great about that one. And then DeForest Buckner hasn't practiced, but um, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit here and pretend yeah. he's not going to play, right? That's I mean, <laughs> kind of what they did last week too. They're just going to let that ankle rest as much as possible, and then he'll be he'll be himself on Saturday. That's the expectation. Right. Now, on the Bills side, though, there's a couple of interesting ones. Stephon Diggs uh, hasn't practiced very much. He had a, a partial practice on Tuesday and was out on Wednesday. I am not telling you he's not going to play. I'm just saying it's something to monitor. And then the other guy who may or may not play, and I don't know, is Cole Beasley, who's a really yeah, big part of their offense. Yeah, that's the one that could actually – right. I mean, he's, he's a big part of their offense. Colts would not yeah. beat that. Yeah, so something to watch. Anyway, that's just kind of setting the scene on, on the news. But uh, but let, let's let's talk about just our observations this week, Zach. Uh, we've talked to a lot of players, coaches. Um, what has been your takeaway this week? Do you think? Like, I think I'll tell you mine. Mine is that 
these guys aren't phased. They are. This is this is certainly not too big for them. They're they're young, but they're an experienced team in many ways. But I don't know. That's just been my takeaway. What was yours? Yeah, the Colts are loose. The Colts are confident. They're not cocky. I wouldn't say that. But we saw a different Frank Reich on Monday than we have seen all year, especially of late when you saw the tensions rise with this playoff spot very much on the line. These guys are loose. They're confident. We saw Darius Leonard yesterday, and he was just basically saying, like, look, we're going to do what we do. You guys sit back, have a beer, and enjoy it. And and I think that's going to help them. And, And this might sound crazy coming from my end, but... The way this team's built, I do think it helps them in the playoffs. And if they're going to the other two games in the wild card, if they're going to Pittsburgh and if they're going to Tennessee, I'm picking the Colts. I'm not picking them against Buffalo because I think Buffalo is really, really good without a lot of weaknesses. Though I do think the Colts are going to give them a fight. We can get into all that later. Um, But I like the way the Colts are approaching this week. And there's a couple things that stand out to me. One is what Darius Leonard said on Sunday night after the game. He said, what wins in the playoffs? Teams that can run the ball and teams that can stop the run. They have been building for this for years, right? This is what Chris Ballard's right. wanted. He's wanted an offensive line that can control the game and a defensive line that can be a pain in the ass to play against. And when the Colts are at their best, that's exactly what they are. You add in the fact that Jonathan Taylor is absolutely on fire. That's how this thing happens, and this is what you mentioned Sunday night in the press box. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is not Derrick Henry, but he's capable of having playoff games like Derrick Henry had last year. And he carried the Tennessee Titans all the way to the AFC Championship game. I'm not going to say that's going to happen again because the Colts, if they win, they'd have to go to Kansas City. My gosh. But Taylor could go off on Sunday. The Bills have, if they have one weakness on defense, it's run defense. And, yeah, I expect them to load the box and all that and try to make Rivers beat them. But the Colts are a confident team. They don't have a lot of weaknesses. Now, they've had... They haven't put together a full game yet, and that's why I can't pick them, they, at least not of late. That's like the weakness. That's the one thing that's 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 driving them crazy right now. And, and, and I even got to talk to Jim Irsay on Monday night, and, and Jim Irsay is a man of optimism. We know that. He's <laughs> saying this is the 95 Colts all over again, the team that went all the way to the AFC Championship game and lost on a Hail Mary to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> but he said, look, we haven't put a four-quarter game together yet, and we're a little ticked off about that. If they do that against the Bills, they can win. But they need to play just about perfect football to beat a team this good. Yeah. So, all right. I I think this is not a reach when I say this. Um, I I think if they play a game somewhat similar to the the blueprint they used at Kansas City last year, not the playoff game, but last season, regular season game, I think they give themselves a chance here. I mean, and and what they do in that game, Marlon Mack went crazy. And here they have Jonathan Taylor, who is in midseason form, yeah, um, or apparently postseason form for him. Um, midseason wasn't so good for him, <laughs> so <laughs> right. so he's in good form right now. Late season form, put it that way, and he can put together just you know an insane performance. He has that in him. I mean, we saw that on Sunday, and I also don't think this Bills run defense is anything special. It's it's good, it's solid. It's not embarrassing, but it's not that that good. Where they're really good is the back seven. Their linebackers and the DBs. Those guys are sensational. And they really, really put the pressure on you. But, you know, up front, they're kind of average, I think, uh, especially against the Colts' offensive line. I think the Colts have a decisive edge up front. Honestly, I think on both sides they have an edge up front, a slight edge 
uh, in terms of their defensive line, in terms of winning the line of scrimmage. Now, not pass rush. When's the last but time we said against that? The, run. the defensive line of the Colts and is an advantage in a playoff game. <laughs> yeah, it's a new world I mean, for us. Foxborough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> remember that? It was embarrassing. They did not have the advantage. I think the name Jonas Gray comes to mind. Oh my God, Garrett Blunt. <laughs> Pick one. So anyway, I I just. Again, I'm not suggesting they're going to go out there and stop Josh Allen. I'm going to get to that in a second. But but I think the reason I said this isn't the worst possible matchup is, even though it is not a great matchup, I do think there are some areas where the Colts have some key advantages. And like I said, the one is their offensive line against the Bills' front. I actually like that matchup. I, I think the Colts have a chance to do what they need to do, and Phillip Rivers will be able to operate in the pocket you know, relatively comfortable. Now they they blitz a lot, but Philip Rivers is fine with that. Yes, he can handle the blitz. I mean, he's great against the blitz. Look at his numbers. So I don't worry too much about that part. I worry more about you know on the other end of it. What are his receivers going to do? Are they going to be able to win? Is T. Y. Hilton going to be able to beat Trey White? I don't know. Let me ask you this: I have so my doubts. We know that the key is is Taylor. They're going to go heavy on Taylor. Who's the other guy that needs to step up? Is it a receiver? Is it Naheem mm-hmm. Hines? Is it is it a tight end? I mean, they need to have somebody to do something because Taylor's not going to be able to do this by himself. I don't think he can do this by himself against this good of a team. He could go for 100 and a touchdown or two, and that's great, and that's going to give the Colts a shot. But don't you think the Colts are going to have to get some points or some yards or some chunk plays from somebody besides Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, they, they absolutely will. And where does and it come from? <laughs> that's the question. I think that's been their problem all year is just not having enough go-to guys on offense. It's been very much by committee on on offense in, in terms of their, their perimeter players and their backs. It has been really, really by committee until lately with Jonathan Taylor, who has, I think, obviously accepted a bigger role and is handling that. But outside of him, I mean, the closest guy... I guess for half the season, maybe the the guy who has maybe come closest to being a go-to guy is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, but this is not T.Y. Hilton two years ago, you know, so that's a different animal, you know, and, and this is also a very different level of competition he's going to be facing, you know, so I, I don't know that you can just go into this game and say, well, we're going to feed T.Y. I mean, really, you know, Trey White might be following him. <laughs> you know, yeah. so good luck with that. You know, I don't know that that's the way to approach this. I think it's going to have to be one of those where I see this game as one of those where, you know, no one catches more than four or five passes. You know what I mean? And they just really spread it around. They're going to have to get everybody involved is what I'm saying. I think it's going to have to be one of those. That's no because, problem for Frank Reich. No, I, I don't think it is. I think it's fine. But I think that's how they're going to have to do it. I don't think you can... You can single out a couple guys and say, all right, we have some advantages here. Because I don't think you do. I think you're going to have to do it with scheme. And you're going to have to do it with execution. Because you're going to have to beat these guys. They're not going to screw it up. You're going to have to beat them. You're going to have to to out-scheme them and and win in every possible way. So you got to hit on all cylinders. And that includes Frank Reich. That's what I think this is. So um, let's talk about this. So... The, the Colts' defense, I think, this is where it's at. Okay, this is really going to, I think, decide this game. Right. I think the Colts will, I think they'll get on the board offensively. They'll, they'll do enough, maybe. 
Well, enough is the wrong word. They'll do something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it'll be enough. Offense. I, I, I do yeah. think you're right, though. I think it comes down to the defense. How do you attack this guy? Right. So here's my question. Uh, you don't have a pass rush, or at least a consistent edge rush, and you, right now, as a result of that, I think, your secondary has been struggling. So, I mean, what's the answer? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is the answer? I watched a lot of the film this week, and I got to tell you, man, Stephon Diggs, oh, my God. And Josh Allen is fantastic. Fantastic. This guy, I didn't appreciate, like, his his arm strength. Well, I did appreciate the arm strength. I didn't appreciate the accuracy, I should say. Like, he can put the ball on the money. And, and that's one of the things that, that I think is going to – be tough for this defense because they do a great job of covering space. But if you have a guy who can fit it in small windows, guess what? Yeah, it's going to be matter. tough for you. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how you attack Allen, and I want your take as well. You watch the tape. I watched some tape of the Bills, and, 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 and I talked to our Bills reporter, Joe Buscaglia. Hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, just to get an insight. And, and like teams have thrown zone at him, they throw man at him, and it doesn't matter. And the thing that jumped out to Joe is like how many teams have abandoned their defensive identity, right? So the mm. Seahawks are heavy zone, right? They come out in zone, and he torches them. So they go to man, and they start blitzing like crazy. He torches them. Like Allen's good enough to beat man coverage because his arm is so great, and the accuracy's there. And then you've got Diggs who can carve you up in zone. The Colts are heavy zone. We know that. They've shown flashes of games where they will move to man, and it's worked, and it hasn't. But the secondary is a huge concern right now because they've been bad in the second half the last couple weeks. They're not playing Mike Glennon on Saturday, who they saw last week, and who had three straight drives where he, like, didn't throw an incompletion or something crazy like that. That's the issue, and it obviously it, it stems from the pass rush. They're going to have to be much, much better. And what kind of game plan do you think Matt Eberflus gets ready for possibly his last game? as the Colts defensive coordinator, because he's got three interviews set up starting Sunday with teams for head coaching jobs. But this is a tough, tough offense to face. Number two in, in points, number two in yards, not a lot of not a lot of weaknesses anywhere. And Allen can, can beat you single-handedly. He's that good. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this on the, on, the, on the topic of Matt Eberflew's future. If he wants to, to get real consideration in those interviews, well, here's your chance. That's <laughs> okay. a really good point. That's how jobs get – that's how you get a job right there. I mean, right. You know what I mean? It's like you come off a big game. I mean, Frank Reich is a good example of that. I mean, he got hired three three days after the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that's why he got the job, but I got to tell you, I got to believe yeah. that came up during that interview. You better believe it. <laughs> you know, how'd you do that? <laughs> right? So, so, anyway, my point is – you know where everybody's now looking for that offensive genius coach you can mold your young quarterback well somebody's got to stop those guys too so maybe that's how you sell yourself if you're Matt Eberflus you know and and no better way to do that than going out and making a statement against Josh Allen now I don't know if they can pull this off but to, to your question you know can they you know what what kind of plan do they come up with I think it's a great point you mentioned that Joe brought up which is that teams are getting out of character against him I actually think when you do that sometimes it works against you like I I totally agree with that because I watched them do that against the Steelers like they went out there and in the plays where they were getting beat in some cases in many cases they were playing man defense now I'm I'm okay with them playing man like sometimes you got to do that but like 
you didn't do it well. <laughs> how about yeah. just do what you know how to do and just do that really freaking well and give yourself a chance. Um, if I remember I, I don't correctly, know. they went to Kansas City in that divisional game. They played a lot of zone, and Mahomes torched them. Now, in the game last yes. year in Kansas City, they switched it up and played a lot of man, correct? That's true. And, and it worked. And, I think and Mahomes still work. had his stuff. He still did his stuff, but because of the offense and the way they were running the ball, they were able to control more of the clock, and the Colts mm-hmm. kind of had control most of the second half. Is that not the blueprint to some degree? I think that's true. Um, a couple of things happened there. I think they really surprised Kansas City, honestly. I really think they surprised them. I don't think they ever envisioned that. And and I remember after the game, Mahomes expressed a little frustration, mm-hmm. not with not with like you know his team, but just you know he, that he couldn't couldn't hit guys. Um, but it it was definitely it was definitely the the I think the single biggest example of them playing man to man defense really well. Like that is the absolute best I've ever seen them do it. So it's not that it can't work. I, I also would I would just say though that uh, Josh two things number one Josh is number one in the NFL against. Man to man defense. I read that this week, which is wow. <laughs> so he's got, so he's you can, got an you can take, arm, and now he's accurate. Yeah, that's what right. happens. Exactly. So now you can have you know it can be sort of that Rocky Sin situation uh, in Pittsburgh where he's step for step with I think that was Deontay Johnson, and guess what? Um, he makes a leaping catch, and Ben Bo- Ben Roethlisberger throws an absolute dime, and there's just no defense for the perfect throw, right? Uh, and that's what that was, and Josh Allen can do that. So if you play man to man, he can do that. You can he can roast you in that fashion. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just laying it out there. These this is what you got to work through in your head if you're Matt Eberflus. And then the other issue is, but if if you play zone, you know obviously it's what they do. They have different variations. They can they can probably go to more uh, complicated variations because it's it's more their style. But back to that Kansas City game you asked me about. Do, do I think that's the blueprint? Yeah, but I, but I also think we probably have to give more credit to them reducing Kansas City's opportunities more than anything in that game. I, I honestly think that's how they did it. Yeah. Now, the defense was spectacular, but I really think it was in large part because they limited Kansas City's opportunities. No Tyree Kill also. That certainly helped. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I, I will tell you this. Right now, in 2020, the 2020 season, I don't know that any offense is more consistent than the Bills right now. I think they are; they have been more consistent than the Chiefs' offense. So that's the kind of challenge we're talking about here, man. I, I don't know. It's the you, biggest test they've faced, no question. It's as, a, it's, yeah. as big or bigger than, than Rodgers, no question about it, against a better defense. Do you blitz a lot? Do you try to mm. sprinkle in Kenny Moore? Do you do something? Do you bring Darius on some stunts? Now, I understand Josh Allen is excellent against the blitz, but you've got to keep them uncomfortable. And you got to do something. you got to be aggressive. Because if you just sit back in that soft zone that they like to play, this guy's going to tear them up. Um, and I think if, if Well, because they don't the way, have the pass rush. Yeah, and, and, and that's something that's been very evident the last couple of weeks. And, and if they don't have that, then Allen starts to score. Then there's going to be more pressure on the Colts and the and offense and Rivers, and that could lead to some interceptions. So that's how this spirals out of control for the Colts. I think you're right. It's going to center on the defense, and, and I'm very interested to see how they play this game. And if you're Matt Eberflus, this is the biggest game of your defensive coordinator run in Indianapolis. It really is. You have to figure out a way 
how to stop one of the hottest offenses in the league. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I have another thought, and I know a lot of fans won't like this. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, because you got to think about everything at this point. <laughs> uh, you could just really take the approach of, you know what, we'll make them earn it. And if if Stephon Diggs doesn't beat us over the top, then we're okay with that. Because, look, they're not a great running team. So, you know, if you, if you can kind of get them in some, you know, make them earn their first downs, you know, and maybe set up some third and shorts and, and maybe see if they can run it. I, I don't know. And, and I know that sounds like Ben, but don't break, but I guess that's what I'm saying. I mean, you, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just saying, like, that might be something to consider against this guy because the one thing you don't want is a three-play drive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they could do that. I mean, every time I've watched the Bills in recent weeks, you know, casually, you leave the room, you come back, it's like, what the hell happened? They scored again? You know, it's like, it's literally been that way. I mean, these guys, they go out there, they hit a couple big plays, and then you think maybe they're going to run the ball, and then they go again, they go over the top again. I mean, these guys, I watched the tape, and I'm just, I couldn't believe it. It's four wide, five wide. It's like, it's like my God, like, can you give give me a break if they're you're on average you're sitting? 24 first downs a game. I mean, they just ridiculous. the ball at will. The run game is is a two horse back. They've got, you know, they've got options in that, but it's really it's really just Allen. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just playing at an MVP level. Diggs had fifteen hundred yards. Beasley gets his share. Um, Brian Dable is going to get head coaching consideration because of the job he's done. Sure, it, it's this. This is the toughest matchup for me for any team in the AFC playing this week. And it might yeah. be tougher than Kansas City because Kansas City has not been themselves of late. They've struggled a little bit in the red zone. Their defense isn't playing as well as it has been. I think the Bills, you can make a very strong case, are the best team in the entire conference, maybe in the league. Um, this could not be a crazy. team that's playing in the Super Bowl. It's not crazy to say the way they're playing. Um, I think the bottom line for me is I think the Colts are a good team. They really are a good team. I think the the Bills are a great team, and that's going to be the difference. Now, we've seen this time and again, and Colts fans know this as well as any fan base. It's not who the better team is. It's not the better record. It's, it's who's hotter. And the Colts know this from the 05 teams and the 04. You know, Colts fans know that Pittsburgh comes in the divisional round, and they beat the 14-2 and Colts, right? If the Colts right. are hot, if they, if they get Rivers going, this could happen. But... They're going to have to play almost a perfect game of football, and they haven't done that this entire season. I cannot think of one game where they were just totally clean. You go to Oakland, and your offense has a huge day, but they still let 
car drive up and down the field easily in the middle of the second quarter before Kenny Moore's interception. I just can't think of a complete game this team has played. Now, if they do it Saturday, that's a credit to Reich and Eberflus and the players, but they haven't done it. They've been so Jekyll and Hyde of late. In Pittsburgh, they are dominant in the first half. Against Jacksonville, dominant in the first half. And then collapsed in the second half in Pittsburgh and had to squeak out a win against the Jags last week with so much on the line. I mean, without Jonathan Taylor going for 250, do they beat the Jags? Are they in the playoffs? So Mm. this team's going to have to do what it hasn't done all year, and that's play four full quarters of football. And if they do it, they'll have a shot against the Bills. But it's going to be tough sledding for sure. Yeah, no question. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up sort of their inconsistency because this is exactly – what I was getting at in my conversation with Frank Reich yesterday. We talked for a good while, and I appreciate that during the playoff week and making some time. And, and it was basically like, <clears throat> excuse me, my effort to, to kind of put the, his three years in context because that's kind of a, like, you know, a good milepost to look back and say, all right, what, how's it gone, you know, yeah, for these three it's years? It's been a crazy what, three years. Right, 28 and 20. So, you know, it's okay. It, it's certainly above average. In terms of winning percentage in the regular season, uh, but you know some some growing pains and some stops and starts. You know Andrew Luck in that situation, and I thought it was interesting. You know he's always great at, at perspective. And I asked him, I said, "Are you guys? Do you think you guys are on track <clears throat> relative to where you thought you'd be, <clears throat> or you know roughly?" And he said, "Yeah, I, I do. I really do." And but he also made a great point, and I think he really summed up this team well. He said, "You know, he's always." one for these analogies and examples you know how yeah. to climb the mountain and right. so he went to his mountain um, example here and he said you know are we satisfied no we're not satisfied the goal is to win championships but we also understand that the goal is to climb mount everest it's to summit the mountain and summon it more than one time but to summit the mountain you have to love climbing and okay it's hokey it's maybe it's corny but it honestly makes the point and i think that's where they are they're climbing yeah. But they got a lot more climbing to do. And I, I think this game will give us some sense of of how much more climbing we're talking about, you know? Um, and I know I'm continuing the analogy to a ridiculous level here, but it's it's okay. I mean, I think it's I think it's a good point. So I don't know. I, I mean, for you, do you agree with that? I mean, do you think this game is is sort of instructive of where they are? It will be instructive of where they are? Yeah. Because everything was reset in, in August of 2019, and we know why. And and you need games like this, right? The Colts need to be in the playoffs. If they're going to keep climbing, if they're going to find the right quarterback in the next couple of years and make a run at a world championship, you're going to need years of playoff games to have a foundation. The, these are the games you want to have your program, for lack of a better term, compete in. And you want to go against the Bills, and you want to go against the Chiefs in January. And if you take your lumps, that's fine. It's going to let you know where you're at. And I don't know if we got a really good picture of that this season. Do you feel like we did? Like, they beat no, a lot of bad it teams. Depends they on the beat, week. They only beat three playoff teams. And I'm not knocking the Colts. Right. You beat, they beat, you know, they won 11 games. They beat the teams on their schedule. But this is the, this is the measuring stick that they need. And it's going to reveal a lot about them, whether they're ready or whether they're not ready. And if they're not ready, then why? Where are the areas they need to attack? We know some of them, right? Quarterback, possibly, of the future. Pass rush. Etc. They need some wide receiver depth. We all know that. But these are the games that help you down the line. And and I think that's why the Colts were so relieved on Monday. I mean, let me tell you, like yeah. that building was exhaling because There's it no could have been a hundred percent different. 
if they had lost to the Jags. Not only were you swept by a 2-14 Jags team, but you're out of the playoffs because you couldn't beat the freaking Jaguars. So um, this is, Or this even is, had, had things not gone their way in the other games, you know, yeah. and they're sitting at home, and now you yeah. don't even have a chance to prove whether you've made any progress. Yeah, right. Ursay so. said it, it couldn't have felt any more different. If we were 11-5 and five and at home mm-hmm. versus 11-5 and five and having a game, it just makes all the world a difference, and I think the fans agree. Just the fact that they have the shot. So, look, the Bills aren't going anywhere. They're going to be an AFC power for, for years, I think. They're just well-constructed. Brandon Bean is excellent. McDermott is great. Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. This is a measuring stick. This is where you want to see you're at, where you're at. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to reveal a lot about this team. And if they're able to play as well as I think Frank Reich thinks they're going to play, this could be a really fun playoff game. Yeah, I just think you, in the end, you want this game to be a stepping stone and not sort of an indictment. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Win or lose. Okay, I think you can lose this game and still view it as, all right, we're we're on track. We're, we're where we need to be. You know, like you got to make them earn this thing. I mean, look at two years ago when they went to Kansas City for that playoff game. All of the all of the the zeal for that team and and what they had done down the stretch it kind of it kind of dissipated a little bit when you go get your doors blown off you know and and i just think it leaves it leaves sort of a a lacking feeling about the team going into the offseason not like they weren't a good team but my point is you you kind of felt like all right they're good but they got a ways to go that's how you felt coming out of that game and i think this game has a chance to to potentially come out of feeling that way or potentially suggesting that, all right, they can play with anybody. And and I think that's what we will know uh, when this game is over. So, I don't know. I think that that may be making too much of one game. Yeah. Maybe, but. That's what we do in the that's, playoffs. That's so. the league. That's the league, right? Go do something else if you don't like it, you know? Because <laughs> that's how it works, man. And, and I think Frank Reich in our conversation was great about that. He said, you know, um, I hate losing. Like he, and, and Zach, you know this too, like, He's got this sort of mild-mannered, you know, character and right. approach, and that's what you see publicly. This guy, he wants to kill you. Okay, I know it doesn't make any sense, right? I don't necessarily understand it either. But he is a real, real, legit competitor. That's and why you go for just, it on fourth and five from your own thirty-five, exactly. right? You don't go exactly. for it unless you're a little crazy. He's he's not. He's a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and so anyway, um, you don't play fourteen years in the NFL unless you just you know can't give it up and like you know that that thirst for competition it's not it's not just the money you know and all that you know and just friendships and all that i mean you got to want to go out there and you got to want to like beat the hell out of people you know there's got to be something in you that makes you get up in the morning and say i want to do that again you know so there's something there so anyway i don't know if any of that helped but uh i'm definitely looking forward to the game and i think we'll learn a lot and I think it will answer many of these questions we laid out here today. So I'm looking forward to it. I love Definitely playing football. I'm excited as well. I, if the Colts play well, it's going to be a fun game. That's that's all I that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, they, look, they have their opportunities. I, we laid it out, you know, where they have some some advantages. It's up to them, you know, to take full advantage of that. And then we will see. Let the chips fall where they may. So. That's the story. Uh, check back with us over the weekend because we're definitely going to have more to talk about um, in the aftermath of the Colts at Bills on Saturday. So thanks for listening. This is 1% Better. If you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, please do so. Lots of specials. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash 1% Better. I'm Stephen Holder. Who's that you?